0: Welcome to July. First service. Amen. Okay, let's start with the nugget. Time is given to us to prepare, time is given to us to prepare for eternity. That's a good one, okay. Are we set? Okay, let's just open prayer. Father, we pray you. we just give thanks as we open up this part of our service to your word. We're asking that your Holy Spirit who indwells within us would give each and every one of us new revelation knowledge and the things which will be spoken we thank you lord as we receive this knowledge father god we will put it into play father god that we might mature father god in the areas that we need to be matured in in jesus name amen okay the uh news Media is running rampant with all sorts of uh, things that are happening around the world. And uh, a lot of Christians are kind of befuddled. What's taking place? How, how are we to react? And uh, how do we keep this walk going, the Christian walk going? So if we'll turn to 1 John chapter. 5. Four. That's First John chapter four. First John chapter four. Looking at verse four, uh, from the Amplified. Little children, you are of God. You belong to Him, and have already defeated and overcome them, the agents. Of the Antichrist, because he who lives in you is greater, mightier than he who is in the world. Glory to God! So that takes care of the world situation. Amen. There it should be. Um, but it's strange that we hear the opposite. What are we going to do? How how's this going to do? I can't function like this. Um, we need to allow this scripture and other scriptures of who we are in Christ to become uh, big and large in us, that we can walk as more than conquerors, okay? Um, But until those things come to pass, um, we have to permit those things to begin to arise in us. We need to rework our mind have our mind renewed, not to conform to what the world says that we are, uh, but we need to come alive to what the word tells us. And uh, it says in the last days that we will be persecuted for what we believe in. And uh, I never thought it would be in our nation that comes out so quick. Um, I have a magazine that uh, comes from the Billet Graham uh, Association. It's already been in the news, but... Uh, Uh, They have a retired general um, stating that uh, his position on what our government now is doing to the military, that uh, you cannot be a chaplain and use Jesus' name. That's really bad news. Um, The only time a chaplain can use Jesus is in his service in his chapel he cannot use it outside the chapel in his office he cannot have a bible on his desk and he cannot ask someone if they are born again or that type of things so it's uh, really coming down that we are in the last days it says persecution will come so we have we have to learn to walk in the spirit of things and be be ready to do what, when God calls us to do something, do it and not, not fall short. Um, I think we would all be like the disciples uh, when they came for Jesus. And uh, they all scattered when opposition came. But later on, they came, they came true. They had to learn again what was Right. Amen. Okay, in second Corinthians, let's find out something. In Second Corinthians chapter two. Oops, Second Corinthians chapter two. I'm no wonder I'm not there. Looking at verse 14, 2 Corinthians chapter two, fourteen, verse 14. I'm going to read from the Amplified again. Assure that he who has raised up the Lord Jesus will raise us up also with Jesus and bring us along with you into his presence. So we are raised up with Jesus. We need to come alive. This should make Christian life enjoyable, not uh, hiding in corners. Amen? Amen. Um, A cast down, a Christian that's floundering will say, I can't do this. I'm ready to give up. This life is too difficult. Have you ever heard that? Somebody says, this is a little bit too too difficult to do. I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. We just read in First John four four that we can do these things; that we're more, made more than conquerors. And Romans eight thirty seven tells that we are more than conquerors. So we're going to have to know the word in these last days. We are in the last days. We better start to know the word and stand by it. Let's go to back to not back to but first time the book of Ephesians chapter four. That's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you were called from the Amplified. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, appeal and beg you to walk. Lead a life worthy of divine calling to which you have been called with behavior that is a credit to the summons to God's service. For that is some heavy words there that Paul is speaking to us. Um, We need to walk. Now, walking is often used in the Bible as a figurative speech to describe a certain manner of life, okay? Uh, This is true in Paul's letter to Ephesians, when he uh, contrasts the walk of a believer who is faithful in Christ to that of a non-believer. Okay. So, Let's see what we got here. We're going to look at four or part. There's seven blessings in what uh, Paul tells us, walking as walking as a, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse four. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope and your and your calling. So the first blessings that we are called or chosen. Amen. If you're called or chosen, that means you have favor. Glory to God. If you have favor with God, (laughs) the enemy can't do anything to you. We need to wake up that we are are chosen. We are favored by God. (laughs) Verse 5. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. And here, let's go from, uh, we'll look at it in, well, same thing, verse 5. Am I in the right spot? I did this this morning. I'm sorry. Um, is it 4? It has to be. Okay. You know this. I'm going to hit myself with the head here. Chapter 1. Let's go to chapter 1. I've wrote it backwards. Okay. Let's go to chapter 1. That's what's, what was wrong. Someone typed it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go back to verse 4. Uh, Ephesians 1 4. According to He has chosen. There, there it is. Chosen. That means we have favor. Okay. Verse 5. And, ha- and having predestined us to the adoption of children. Okay. Predestined. That means we, we are created for a purpose. We are created for a purpose. We have favor. We are chosen. We have favor. We are predestined. And we have been created for a purpose. Then we go to verse 6. To the praise and glory of God. Of his grace wherein he hath made us acceptable before the Lord. Accepted. How, do we, how are we accepted? In faith. God in faith accepts us. Even though we are rascals. When we first. When he, we were all against him. But he, but he accepted us in faith. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And then verse 7. In whom we have redemption. Redemption speaks of love. So we are loved. These are blessings. Chosen, favor, predestined. We created for a purpose. Accepted, we have faith. And we are redeemed because we are loved. Glory to God. Verse 9 goes on to say, Having made known not to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He hath purposed in Himself. So He's instructed us and, and instructed in being instructed or being made known, that means we've been given gifts. We are gifted to know. See, when we were yet Gentiles, we didn't know anything. We weren't, we weren't uh, gifted to know anything. We were just left out. But now we're gifted to know. Glory to God. Verse 13 goes on and says, In whom, you, in whom ye also trusted after you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom you also, after you believe, were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So, in verse 13 says, we are sealed. That means you're protected. You know, anytime you, you buy some goods nowadays, uh, especially if it's, uh, well, anything, a lot of, or a lot of medicines, they seal them up. and says, if this seal is broken, don't use it. Why? Because it's contaminated. It's not protected any longer. We're protected. We're sealed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And verse 14 says, "Which is in earnest of our inheritance till the redemption of the purpose, purchase possessions into the grace, praise of His glory." Let's read that from the Amplified. That Spirit in is the guarantee of our inheritance, the first fruits, the pledge, of and foretaste, the down payment of our heritage. And anticipation of its full redemption and our acquiring complete possession of it to the praise and the glory. So we have uh, enriched inheritance or an abundance of blessings. These are the blessings, seven blessings in this this, uh, first chapter of Ephesians. Again, we're chosen or favored. We're predestined for a purpose. We're accepted in faith We are redeemed because we're loved, we are instructed, and that means we're gifted, we can learn. We are sealed and protected, and we are enriched by abundant blessings. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We need to shout, or some of us need to shout. In Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to be mainly in Ephesians today. Ephesians chapter 3. Look what Paul says, verse 18. May, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. Glory to God, hallelujah. So we should know all the callings of God's blessings for us. It's a privilege to be a Christian. Amen? In chapters 4 through 6, uh, Paul urges that we walk worthy of all these privileges. So here we go. We have to wor- walk in these privileges. You can't just let them stay in the book. Um, most of us know what a checkbook is. Checkbook checkbook allows you to take money out of the bank, out of your account. But if you never use the checkbook to get the money out, you can have a huge account. But if you don't use that check to take it out, you're just just have an account. You don't you're not being able to use what use the benefits. So, we have the Bible that has the checks or the promises, but we need to Appropriate them. When you find a promise, Lord, thank you. I say, well, I don't know if this is for me. I know this could be for Laurel or Jesse, but it's not for me. No, it's for everybody that's willing to take that promise, accept it, and walk with it. In other words, we need to begin to speak the word. Make it come alive to us. Make that word alive to us. Don't make it... um, Dormant. Use your checkbook. You want something? If you go to the store or you go to the, you know, something and you have your checkbook there and you say to the guy, Oh, I really like that. I really, really like that. He says, This is what you got to do. I really, really, and you got your checkbook there to withdraw and receive it, but you don't do it and you really like it, it's not going to do you any good. I really what, like what the Bible says. I'm prosperous. I really like it. But you're, if you're not making any withdrawals on, out of the book, the account is still there. All you have to do is withdraw it. Speak the word. Call it forth. Mm-hmm let it become alive to you yeah. i tell you what when my wife finds out i have extra money in the in the account guess what would you please write this check out i hate her I hate for her looking at my checkbook cuz she finds out what's in there and oh i don't have my checkbook with me could you <laughs> so as long as she knows there's something in there she withdraws on it. Well, some of you know what I mean. You're talking about. There's some of you saying, well, okay, Pastor Dave, I'm I <laughs> But you got to make a withdrawal. You just can't. Re- I really like that. She could say, "I really like that." Really like. Would you? Then she says, "Would you?" Write the check. There it goes. But if she just says, I really like it, I really like it. Okay, so you like it. Just go on. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So we need to learn to withdraw things. Find out what's in God's Word. And get to know God because He wants to release it to you. But if we don't, you know, I really like it. Oh, that that car is so good. Or that house is so good. I really like it. Make it withdraw on it. Lord, you said that you own all the cattle on a thousand hills. And uh, you said you give me witty ideas. So I need the two to come together. Because when witty ideas go forth, people are going to want it. That means finances will flow, then I can get the house. etc. We've got to reason with God. He's gotta, he wants you to navigate through the word and bring things alive, make things alive. He says, let us reason together. Why? If you don't know it, how are you going to reason with him? Wow. We need to be like lawyers. I hate to say it. You got to know what's in, in the book and be able to attack it. Attack it in a good way, you know, a Christian. Man. <laughs> All right. We're urged to walk in our privileges. Paul says uh, we are in this present world let your manner of life be such that we are not a reproach to God. So our lifestyle, walking, walking in God's word, we can't be a, a reproach to God. Um, I always found it difficult when people, I mean, nowadays you don't see too many stickers, but you, still, you see a lot of stickers on cars, you know, Christians are forgiven, da, 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 all these things, you know. or or follow me too, and then they give the church name, and they drive up and honk, and they get mad at you, honking the horn, and, you know, that type of stuff, and say, uh, okay, uh, that's not, you know, or they're screaming at somebody, you know, that's not good advertisement. God doesn't want that kind of advertisement. So we need to be above reproach, okay? Okay, let's see if I, get, I got this one right. Okay, let's go to, uh, we're still in Ephesians chapter uh, 4 this time. It says, walk in, a, walk, the manner of, uh, walk in a manner that is worthy. Ephesians 4, verses 2 and 3. With all lowliness and meekness, and with long-suffering, forbearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in a bond of peace. We have to be long-suffering, oh boy, bearing with one another, giving diligence to keep the unity of the Spirit. Okay, are you ready to measure yourself accordingly? My question is, are you ready to measure yourself? Okay, this is an open book quiz and you have the answers, okay? With all lowliness and meekness. More exactly, this reads with all modesty and humility of the spirit. We need these qualities. The weeds of the pharisaic spring up in our hearts quickly. You know, what is wrong with the pharisees? I did this. I, you know, I'm better than them. Yeah. How, how easy do we, we uh, see ourselves spiritually over others? Hello. How how superior are you over other Christians? Well, I know better than them. Hmm? Is that lowliness and meekness? Modesty? Well, I'm going to use the illustration that Paul used. He says, the body, he says, uh, the eye. Cannot say to the hand, you're not, you're worthless. Or the hand to the eye says, without me, you can't do this. Or the foot to the heart says, you can't do it. It all has to work together. I I tell you what, when you're out there hammering nails or something, or you drop something on your foot, your foot, your foot sends a message in what happens? The whole body gets into it. So we need to have the same thing. We need to have a love for the body and not think, think we're superior to others, okay? Okay, uh, second thing. With long suffering, enduring with unruffled temper. Anybody have, anybody have a temper tantrum other than myself? Boy, nobody's, well, maybe we'll have another line. (laughs) Let's go to 1 Peter. In 1 Peter chapter 2, enduring long-suffering, with long-suffering. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22. Who did no sin, neither was guile in, was found in his mouth. Verse 23. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he, suffered, he, uh, when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Let's read that from the Amplified. Verse 22. He was guilty of no sin, neither was deceit, guile ever found in his lips. When he was reviled and insulted, he did not revile or offer insult in return. When he was abused and suffered, he made no threats of vengeance, but he trusted himself and everything to him who judges fairly. Well, how, how did you rate there? I know, (laughs) let's go back, way back to our childhood, most of us had siblings. How did you act with your siblings? Were you long suffering and patient with that little one that kept on, as they tattle-tattling on you? or? Taking your things and not uh, telling you about it, or using your things and breaking it. How long suffering were you? Does it still relate today with other Christians that you went across? Do you have the same temper flaws as you were a child or have you grown some? Oh, some of us are thinking deep thoughts. Okay, let's go to James, since we're... Uh, let's back up one book. Let's go to James chapter 1. Verse 19, James chapter 1, verse 19. Understand this, my beloved brethren. Let every man be quick to hear and ready to a ready listener, slow to speak and slow to take offense and to get angry. Is that you're built now (laughs) i hope we're all striving to be that or do that okay Um, so often we turn these things around we're quick to make past judgment and so forth right as uh, as a christian man or woman growing in christ we ought not to be easily offended and i heard someone say ouch out there yeah, no, must have been my echo. Okay. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter four. Walking worthy, are we walking worthy what we're we called to do? Ephesians chapter four. Look at verse two again with all loneliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. In love! Putting up with one another. In love. In the spirit of love. But what what if some person can't endure? Uh, Put up with that person or bear with them. As long as people are human, there will be a need for Christian forbearance, okay? That means you're going to need to use your love. Uh, why are we so short on Christian forbearance? Anybody, why, why aren't we, why are we so short on Christian forbearance? Just holding true. It's because we are short on love. I'll, I'll let you... We'll put a note there and you need to read or we all need to read again if you haven't got there haven't read it for a while first corinthians chapter what 13 uh, and when it says love bears so forth put your name there david bears or david does no wrong or that type of thing put your name there and see if it rings a bell if it if it's ringing a bell you're good if it's gonging or with cymbals and crashing you know you need to brush up in that area amen we should practice you know we practice forbearance in our homes right ask any man or wife man or wife sometimes your patient runs thin <laughs> hello But most of the time we forbear uh, with one another because we love one another. In like manner we are to love others as the body of Christ. Okay. So we need to really walk out there in love. Um, Paul says, giving diligence to keep the unity of the spirit of bond of peace. Boy, sometimes it could be like the 4th of July. In a home, things happen. Okay. Now, no member of a church should not have love with one another or try to destroy things in a church. Okay, this is where we go all the way back to the book of Proverbs. And in the book of Proverbs, chapter 6. These are. Looking at verse 16. That's uh, Proverbs 6.16. These things does the Lord hate. Yea, seven things are abomination unto him. Wow. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart. That devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift to running in mischief. Um, wow. You know, I hate to say it, we all have done these things. You, know, you say, I never uh, shed innocent blood. Have you ever told a lie on somebody that's like murdering them? It's shedding innocent blood. Okay, heart that devises wicked imagination, feet that be swift to running to mischief. I think we've all fallen into that one. A false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. That's a heavy one, sowing discord among the brethren. Wow. To be such, uh, to be guilty of this act, uh, uh, few can. Be compared to it, and there's a penalty to, to this. This one. Let's go to First Corinthians. Sowing discord. There's a penalty. First Corinthians chapter three. First Corinthians chapter three. Here's here is the penalty. Verse seventeen. I'm going to read from the Amplified. That's 1 Corinthians 3, verse 17. If anyone does does hurt to God's temple or corrupts it with false doctrine or destroys it, God will do no harm to him and bring him uh, to the corruption of death and destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, sacred to him. And that temple, you, the believing church and its individuals, believers, are. So that's a heavy... Think when we we, uh, sow discord among the brethren, we are messing with God's temple, and we can't fall into such things. All right. Again, uh, a downcast believer says, "I cannot live this life. I give up. It's too difficult." And dull for me I say grow up grow up in the things of Christ now the direction of our walk we do not become mature Christians in a moment of time we grow into the measure and fullness of the fullness of Christ go back to Ephesians chapter 4 How do we grow? Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 13 from the Amplified. That it might develop until we all attain oneness in faith and in comprehension of the full accurate knowledge of the Son of God. That we might arrive at really mature manhood. The completeness of personality, which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection. Wow, that is heavy. The measure of the stature of the, of the fullness of Christ and the completeness found in him. That's where we need to be. But God sees us that way. He found, he, he, he gave, he's given us chosenness. He's given us that favor, Remember. He sees us that way. And he's gifted us. He's instructed us. So he's gifted us to do this. Wow! Glory to God. We we should rejoice every time we see something that that looks difficult and say, I got it! Say, devil get away from me. I don't need you. Don't need to listen to you. Okay, let's go. We must walk in the direction that uh, leads us out of death into life. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you he hath hath made alive, even you were dead, slain by your trespasses and sins. So we're made alive, glory to God. Alive unto God. But most, well we know the people in the world are, are... Uh, alive to worldly allurements you know ambitions uh, pleasures interests and demands but there's a lot of Christians that fall into the same niche because they're baby Christians because they're not in the word they're not receiving and thus they remain in the world doing things of the world and that's bad news we're called to be above those things, not below them. Okay. If we're walking in the direction that leads, to, uh, leads out, of, uh, out of death to life, we ought to be growing away from worldly allurements and things. I mean, there's things that we need, but we don't need to be captivated by them all the time. Amen? So let's go to 1 John. In 1 John chapter 2. I'm going to read it from the Amplified. That's 1 John chapter 2. Looking at verse 15. Do not love or cherish the world or the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's a hard saying for those that want to stick with, <laughs> well... Well, I'm not going to go that that way. Okay. Okay. We can't go in two directions. You can't straddle the fence. This is a razor fence. You're going to slip on one side or the other. You need to walk on the right side. Okay. We must walk in the direction that leads us from sin to holiness. Uh, Go back to Ephesians chapter 4 again. Look at verse 17, again from the Amplified. So this I say and solemnly testify in the name of the Lord as in his presence that you must no longer live as the heathen, the Gentiles, do in their perseverance in the folly, vanity, and emptiness of their souls and the futility of their minds. We're not supposed to walk that way. Paul is telling telling us that we can follow in that thing if we're not transforming our minds. We need to know what God's word says and apply it, not just, you know. I really like doing this thing, so I'm, I'm just going to kind of Put the word aside here and, you know, God knows, you heard this one, God knows my heart. Yeah, he knows it's, it says it's deceitful. You don't know your heart. Find out what God says about your heart. And it's deceitful until it's changed. Oh, but, you know, God knows my heart, you know. We live in a new society. Well, God's word hasn't changed. Oh, that's that's a heavy one. And then, then we go on. Are still there? You're still there in uh, Ephesians four, verse eighteen. Tells us something. Their moral understanding is darkened and their reasoning is beclouded. They are alienated, estranged, self-banished, self-banished. There is self-deception from the life of God with no share share in it. This is because of the ignorance, the want of knowledge and perception and the willing blindness that is, deep-seated in them due to their hardness of heart. Didn't I tell you that was bad, deceitful, wicked heart? To the insensitives of their moral nature. Verse 19. And then their spiritual apathy, they have become calloused and past feelings and recklessness. Um... Now I don't wear flip-flops too much, you know sandals. And a lot of people wear flip-flops. Now if, um, I'll go to, I'll, I'll, especially in Hawaii, people wearing the flip-flops. You know I have to wear tennis shoes, something something that's firm on my feet. Those, if you look at the people who wear flip-flop, or they go barefooted, their foot is just one big callus, and you, they can step on glass. They can step on coral and it doesn't bother them it should but that's how people's heart is when we don't get into God's word we, we reject God's word it becomes very hard in, in certain areas and, and we're not willing to change we need to get, find out what God's word says and re, tell them to remove the callous off, off our hearts oh we were in verse 19 still right in their uh, spiritual apathy, they have become callous and past feelings and reckless and have abandoned themselves, a prey to unbridled sensualities, eager and greedy to indulge in every form of impurity. Wow. Every form of impurity. That their depraved desires may suggest and demand. Wow. Wow. That is heavy. It, that's our world today. That's where we're at today. And it's coming, coming throughout the world. These are, these are signs of last days. It says, even the very elect would be deceived. Some Christians are walking away from God and getting into these things. They say, oh, I'm all right. You know, God knows my heart. Yeah, you... Well. He loves you so much, he'll let you do it. But you're going to have to pay for it. You walk away from him, he has no obligation. Unless you call upon him. And a lot of them will call upon him. I want to do my thing. This is a heavy sermon today. (laughs) I think... We ought to reach a point where we no longer relish our old sins but the things of God's. Hello? Wake up! If you know anybody out there out there, that's in that backsliders, I mean backsliders. Hello, wake up! It's no time for this. Our redemption is drawing nigh. He's, he's going to come and split these guys because all... I was going to do this one today. All the prophecies that need to be done are already here. Everything is... I, you know, and back in the 60s, when I got saved, they say, okay, you know, and they had, I don't remember, if you've ever seen this one, it's called the, um, it's about the rapture, and it's, uh, it was called "All will Be Ready If We have Been Ready or something. It's an old series on the rapture. And they show these people, you know, doing their things out there. It's happening today, you know. Forget about God, you know. And so many things are lining up to get people to accept the Antichrist. People today are accepting everything that's coming out of the government, isn't it? It's not any good. Well, I'm not gonna get into that one either. Two people walking the opposite direction may come to the same spot for an instance, but their destinations are different, okay? If we walk towards the light, our way gets brighter. As you read in the scriptures, our way gets brighter. We, we should go from glory to glory. I want to get in the glory. I don't want to stay down here. Um, one of the commentaries I was reading yesterday, like I said, I wasn't going to do this, one. I was going to do end, uh, the end time, but one of the commentaries said, going back to the ten virgins, they're all believers. They believe because they said when the rapture took place, five left and five, five stayed. And... and They said, didn't we do this for you, Lord? He said, I don't know you. How many Christians are there? If that's the thing, that's half the Christians, when the rapture takes place, is going to stay here. Now, I don't want to divide you up, say you're going to be staying or going, but that's what it says. Half the Christians. We better be on fire. Because it says in, in, in also in the picture in that movie, If, if, we, if we Had All Been Ready About the Rapture, it was, it's the one before uh, Left Behind series. But they showed a guillotine coming down on, on these people, people being beheaded. Well, before, why would these people be beheaded? Well, if you look what Muslims do to non believers and Christians. Christians, and I'm just going to get this for you, but Christians, for, non-belie- for the Muslim, they either are crucified or beheaded. And why do they say all beheaded? Those in, in, the, in the, that are left behind are beheaded. If they stay true to God and they get caught, they're beheaded. That—it's scary. Yeah. So we need to wake up. I know we're—I'm we're, just floating around tonight right now. The results. Oh, let's go to—I like this one. Let's go to First John one more time. First John chapter one. 1 John chapter 1. I'll try to hurry this one up. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 from the Amplified. "But But if we really are living and walking in the light as he himself is in the light... We have true, unbroken fellowship with Himself, is in light, and have true fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses or removes us from all sin, and keeps us cleansed from sin in all forms and manifestations. In other words, when we're walking in the light, it is, we become stain-proof. If we are walking in God's light all the time, that means sins coming at us, they can't stain us. We're free. Yeah. And how do you walk in... Walk in you need to walk, we need to walk in love. Because God is love. So we need to walk in love. Okay, the results of a worthy walk. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 this time. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. From the Amplified again. For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he has prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live in. That's one of the seven blessings that we, we looked at, predestined. At. Glory to God. So, the good work is that we are crowned to do great things. Hallelujah, glory to God. That's the product of a uh, Christian life. Product. Uh, let's go to Ephesians chapter 5 now. Verses 1 and 2. Be therefore followers of, of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ has also loved us, and hath given himself for us, an offering of sacrifice to God for a sweet uh, savor. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is what we're to do. We need to walk in love. To walk in the Spirit, we need to walk in love. You can't overemphasize this, because nothing is going to work without love. Okay. Ephesians four thirteen. Till we all come into unto the, the unity of faith, and the knowledge of the Son of God hath Son of God unto a perfect man. Unto a measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's our destination. That we no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried away with every wind of doctrine, but we know what the Word says and we abide in it and it abides in us. Glory to God. When we apply the teaching of walking in the Spirit, we need to be cautious that we don't judge other people. I will say you can judge their fruit, but you cannot judge the person. All right? We need to just ask ourselves am I wor- walking worthy or unworthy of the calling which, to which I am called? You, could ju- you need to judge yourself, don't judge somebody else. Amen. Oh me, glory to God, hallelujah. Walking worthy. I see we have communion set up here, so. Dan, would you just open the emblems there, please? we will let everybody come up. Pick up your emblems if you want to have some music there. So I was going to play my David Ingalls communion song. It's a little bit different than what you are used to. Of course, it's got that southern twang, but. but it's the word he sings so next time i'm gonna i'm gonna have to look if i had had this at home i would have been it's my song is at home but we will have it next time so be prepared wear your cowboy boots okay once you starts the music just go ahead and come on up and pick up your emblems and What a blessing it is to be adopted into God's family. What an honor and privilege to have God make a way for us. None of us deserves the love that he's given to us, that he would Give his life, have his body beaten and crucified, that through it our lives could be. sound so father God we receive this bread as a token of Jesus body sacrifice for Important element is the cup because it is the New Testament, the washing away of our sins forever, making us pure in righteousness that we can claim. The life of God within our own selves because of this sacrifice of His blood. We thank you, Lord. Let's all stand. Let's all walk worthy of what God's called us to do. There's no little or big jobs in God's way. It's just obedience. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. We thank you once again, Father God, that we are the last generation before the coming of the Lord. May we, Father God, walk in the light. May we Operate through the gifts, Father God, and the power of the Holy Spirit to bring a lost and dying world to safety before it's too late. May we take this challenge and fulfill it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.